Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros on this miserable, frustrating, awful John Lipka Day. John Lipka Day. What a clown show that guy was last night. John Lipka. How many people in this country even know who John Lipka is? John Lipka Day. Well, that's a day to have. John Lipka Day. What a clown show that guy was last night. Unbelievable. I don't think the Astros got a borderline call on a pitch all night. And look, if you're pitching terrible, then you probably don't deserve any borderline calls. That's the problem. I think I finally, and, and, and some of this comes from me and some of it, I've heard other people talk about it here and there. Not a lot, but I've heard it. I think we, 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 we I'm going to give a potential solution to this umpiring problem. Look. I don't want robo umpire. I it and look, I'll, I've already admitted on the air. In many ways, I'm hypocritical here, because I want justice. I want fairness. That's what I want. I've always wanted that. So I've all I've never cared whether my football games lasted three hours and two minutes or three hours and twenty minutes. Who cares? Get it right. Be fair. Don't decide the games. Be fair. And so I've never cared about that. but And so because I've always felt that strongly about it, it seems kind of hypocritical or doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And I get it that I would be against robo-umpires. But it just seems like, I don't know, maybe if it happens, and it's coming, it's going to happen. That's what everyone says. And maybe I'm going to like it more than I think, but right, I I don't know. If you asked me to vote, even today, I would vote no. I would prefer to do what I'm going to say, uh, I'm about to say. I think we need to end socialism in Major League umpiring. This ain't, this ain't, you get yours and you get yours and you get yours. Everybody's the same. Everybody ain't the same, cat. No. Some people are stupid. It's just that simple. Some people have no integrity. Some people have no idea what fairness is. And what I mean by that is this. When you, if you are a white hat as a football official in the NFL, how often are you a side judge or a back judge? Uh, never. Now, Every once in a while, a guy might start out his career as like a back judge or a side judge or an umpire, and maybe one day he works up. But 
in in a particular season, you're pretty much the same thing. That's what you are. You master that. You get as good as you can at that. They got guys in the major leagues right now. They don't. They couldn't get a check swing call right if you gave them a hundred chances. They get it wrong all the time. They have no idea what a check swing is. Well, if you're a bozo and you don't know what a check swing is, then you can only umpire at second base. Now, look, they claim they have all these strict rules and all grading system and all. I'm not even going to go down that road. I've, we've heard that junk for years. None of us believe it. But even if it's true and there's like some sort of umpiring uh, tenure and you can't get rid of them, Well, then you can only umpire at second base. You can have your job if you got umpiring tenure, but you can only umpire at second base because you, my friend, are a moron. You don't know what a check swing is, and so you can only umpire at second base every game. So I I, I think this is what we need to do. We, they need to decide who are the best ball strike callers. They're not going to be perfect, and I'm about to get to that. I'm about to get to that. We are going to decide. They, we, they they should decide who are the best. Who are the best ones at getting calls on check swings at first and third base? And the best ones should be at first and third base. They should not do the home plate. They should not do second base. If you're good at understanding when a guy swings and when he don't, then you are a first base umpire or a third base umpire all the time. That's what you do best. Let's take advantage of your strengths. And the guys who are behind the plate and do the best job of calling balls and strikes, that's all you do. Now, maybe you got to pay them more. They can work all that stuff up. Well, you say you're embarrassing them. Well, you fix it to have a stupid computer behind the plate. What's more embarrassing than that for these stupid umpires? That's got to be the most embarrassing thing ever. You guys are so bad, we got to get a computer to do it. That's the most embarrassing, humiliating thing ever to me. Plus, the replays show how many calls they missed. This idea, there's been this myth for years. They get 90-some percent of the calls right. That's all a bunch of hogwash. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I know it's hard. But it's hogwash. They don't, they, the re, since we've been in replay, you see how many calls are missed. Um, it's unbelievable how many calls. It's hard to do. I know they're going to miss calls. So I really think that's what we need to do. We need to get the guys, forget about all this fairness and umpires and you. I mean, you can keep your job. But if you're not good at balls and strikes, why should you do balls and strikes? Just go stand out there besides uh, second base, behind second base, try not to get in the way. If you're not good at determining whether a guy swings or misses on a check swing, then why should you ever be a first or a third base umpire, ever? Sunday night, it was unbelievable how bad they were. David Cohn was like, I mean, he was saying his old, man, he'd have hit a double if he'd have made contact on that. I mean, that, I mean, they tried to cheat the Astros so bad Sunday night, it was unbelievable. Fortunately, they won the game. They didn't get any check swings right in that game. 
They, they kept striking these guys. They, they were going way past the blade. Umpire says, palms down. Well, what are you, a moron? Of course he swung. Everybody in the whole ballpark, but you, moron, knows he swung. So you need to be a second base umpire because you don't know how to judge a check swing. And then they got other guys, their balls and strike calls are just unbelievable. They have no idea what they're doing. Now, there's being really good in grading, which is not, which is a separate issue from the next thing I'm about to talk about, which is what happened last night. Because I looked it up. This guy, John Lipka, there's two different issues. And look, life ain't perfect. You can't solve all the problems. Pay attention to politics for a few days. You can figure that out pretty quickly. It's not, life ain't perfect. But we've got two separate issues here. You got how good are you at balls and calling balls and strikes? How good are you at determining whether the ball's over the plate or not? And then how good are you at being fair? How much integrity do you have? I looked it up. This cat, John Lipka, his numbers are actually pretty good in terms of determining whether the ball's over the plate or not. But you got to have a sense of the game. From the second inning through the seventh inning last night, Mark, um, Framber Valdez was unbelievable. He pitched unbelievable. He could not get a corner call. He couldn't. He would not give him a corner call. And he was pitching unbelievable. Then the Yankees bring this cat Abreu in, who's been with like four teams in the last year because he can't throw a strike. And he throws a 3-1 pitch to Candy, and it's not even with two runners on and one out and Altuve on deck, who kills the Yankees, and he's on fire right now. Up by three runs. And this, and he calls it, a, he gives him a 3-1 pitch to a guy who's all over the place. This cat's all over the place. He's been all over the place. That's why he's with his third or fourth team in the last year, because he's all over the place. And and the ball, it wasn't even close, and he, and he gave him the strike. Now, first of all, you shouldn't be so bad on that play to do it, but guys make mistakes. That wasn't even the biggest problem I had. You're going to miss calls. I get it. When I say a guy's cheating, it's not because he misses calls. It's because there's no overall fairness. So, Framber, who's pitching great, can't get a call. Cannot get a borderline call. This moron who can't throw a strike throws a 3-1 pitch way inside, and he wants to give him a call. Well, how, why does he get the call? He doesn't even know what he's doing. Then later, in the at-bat of the whole game, he had to throw 64 pitches to Rizzo because he struck Rizzo out. The ball was, it wasn't even a borderline call. It was right over the plate. He struck him out, and John Lipka called it a ball. I can't get a borderline call, but Abreu can get a board, can get a, now what even borderline? Abreu can get a 3-1 call 
with two on and Altuve on deck, a ball that didn't even come close to the plate, but Framberg can't get a strike to strike a guy out, cost him an inning. Because this moron, John Lipka, and again, not e- that wouldn't have even bothered me, angered me as much. He didn't give the Astros one borderline call for the rest of that game. Not one. That means you have zero integrity. When the, again, it's not so much the missed calls. It's if you're going to blow calls like that, you can't give the other team every borderline call the rest of the game. That's cheating. Does it mean he thought he was going to cheat before the game? Y'all need to stop all that thin-skinned junk. Never said it was a conspiracy. Umpires cheat all the time. It has nothing to do with a conspiracy. But that's what cheating is not missing calls. Cheating is when one team gets all the borderline calls and you blow and and and, and, and the other team gets all the blown calls and they don't get any borderline calls. And even worse, when they throw it flat out, it it ain't even on the white line. It's just right over the plate. I can't get that call for strike three. And this moron Abreu's all over the place can throw a ball that doesn't even touch the plate. And he can get that call on a 3-1 pitch. And And my pitcher, who's one of the elite pitchers in the game, throws it right over the plate. He can't get that call. Oh, come on now. And then the rest of the game, I get no borderline calls. None. What? That's no integrity. That's cheating. Ridiculous. That was a ridiculous game. It was total frustrating the whole game. I'm watching it. I'm up three, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. We're going to lose this game. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That was a ridiculous game. Now, Ryan Presley's a whole different issue. I've been saying that all year. Ryan Presley looks terrible. He's pitched bad all year long. He's 2-0 on every batter. Every batter. First batter, 2-0. Well, Cat, throw it underhand if you have to. Throw your first pitch over the plate. Stop going 2-0 on every batter. Every first batter that Cat faces, he's 2-0. Everyone. Everyone. That's a whole other issue. That's baseball, but this other stuff should not happen. Got to be better than that. I'm telling you, that's what they need to do. If you're not good at balls, and again, that doesn't solve the problem with John Lipka on John Lipka Day, which is what today is all about, John Lipka. That was awful. But everything's not perfect, but I really think that's what they need to do. If you're good at balls and strikes, then you're a balls and strikes umpire. If you, if you don't know how to do a check swing, then you're a second base umpire. If you're good at check swings, then put them on the corners. Let's start getting this junk right and not have to go to stupid computers, which I don't want to do. But these guys are so bad, they're making it happen. They're making it happen because they miss call after call after call after call. And I know it's hard. So the ones that can handle the hard, let's put them behind the plate. The ones that can't, put them at second base and, and hope they don't get in the way. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That was awful last night. Awful.
That is, there was no fairness. He was not fair at all. I don't know. They're going to have to figure Presley out. They got a long way to do it. They got a long time to figure it out, but he's going to have to be able to pitch in more than one game in a row. And even when he even when he's not pitching in back-to-back days, he's he's 2-0 and every he, throw, he never throws a strike. And look, Ryan Presley's probably one of my 10 most favorite Astros of all time. I love that guy. I love him. I wish if he wouldn't have got hurt, he, it's unbelievable. I love the guy, but he's pitched terrible all year long. All year long. All right, we'll take a timeout. Try to calm down. Fortunately, I took my blood pressure medicine this morning. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Nice try, Hannah, but even Marshall Tucker ain't going to work today. All right. Let me tell you about Rescue You Fest. Well, I need to be rescued from John Lipka's of the world. I can tell you that much. Rescue, R-E-S-C-Y-O-U Fest is tomorrow. There'll be live music, including the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. Plenty of food, games, and even a raffle. Rescue You Fest is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional help for grieving families after the unexpected loss of a child. To buy tickets, go to Eventbrite or visit rescueresceyougroup.org. Rescuegroup.org. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. There are a lot of people talking, why in the world the Astros pitched to, to judge? I think the Astros pitched to judge because their plan of getting judge out normally works, works way better, their plan, than their plan of getting Rizzo out. And I think that's why they did it. The only problem with that is the particular pitcher that was pitching, he's more about velocity than he is about location. And so, I mean, it's not hard to get Judge out. You pitch up and in and down and away. But but, but he's more of a guy that gets people out with velocity, throws 100 a lot, than, than he is location. So I don't think that – I don't think – that particular matchup was that good. But I understand why they prefer to f- – they get Judge out all the time. They've gotten him out for years. Uh, I just think they like their their normal game plan against Judge more than they like it against Rizzo, who's been on fire. 
and who apparently John Lipka doesn't like ringing up when you throw a a, a 2-2 pitch right over the plate. John Lipka. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. Uh, man, it's a good thing that the uh, birthday bash won last night, huh? Oh, you can say that Jesus. again. Oh man, I, 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 everything you said, I, I couldn't agree with more. And I know Paul's sitting out there laughing and everything, but all it's gonna take is for a call not to go his Yankees way, and he's gonna say the same oh, thing. They gotta but do something. I agree some with day. you. Uh. I'm I'm also not for a robot because it's technology and technology was made to fail. So I mean that's not gonna that's not gonna fix the problem. You know I mean uh, I think another thing that and I mentioned it a while back. I think that umpires need to be held accountable for their for their mistakes and and, and suspended. You know what I'm saying? And I say that too. A few months ago, uh, Matt, um, Bumgardner was checked. Umpire was checking his darn hand. And just rubbing it, rubbing it, he was waiting for Bumgarner to uh to to have a reaction. And what does he do? He throws him out the game. You know, I mean, I think this umpire situation, this circus act that we got umpiring those games, how has gone far enough, man. I mean, it's gonna cost somebody a championship. Well, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, it I mean, does. Uh, you know, call, all the time. I've seen yeah. I've seen worse calls for strikes than what I seen last night. I mean that 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 one pitch. I forgot to who who it was, and I think it was in the ninth inning. I mean, it was like right, right on the outside. They could have gave that guy a strike. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know what it I'm was saying? it was yeah, it was the ball four that was right at the corner of the zone. I mean, and that's yes, a borderline sir. pitch. I can go. It's not even. You can't even compare that three one pitch to the one. And, and the other thing that that I've never gotten that drives me crazy when you have a pitch that's barely off the inside to a right-handed hitter and you got a left-handed pitcher that pitch is sweeping across the plate before he gets in a catcher he Framber didn't get that call one time and and Abreu's a right-handed pitcher so the ball's coming from this way to a right-handed hitter didn't even come close to the plate and he gives him that call I mean that's ridiculous right it's ridiculous man I mean these umpires, and then you have that 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 clown show, uh, Angel Hernandez, that's calling strikes, that's almost hitting batters, and I, I, over there, I mean, he needs to go. He needs to retire. Man, I don't, I don't, wa- I don't want to, uh, I don't watch a lot of Yankee games. That was really the first one I've really watched. You know, every pitch kind of thing, but. And they're, look, they're off to an unbelievable start. They're having a great year, but I, but I mean, is is that how they've been winning games? Uh, well, of course, you know, foot. Foot. Come on now. It's perfectly obvious that that the league, is, the umpires are cheating for the Yankees. They want the Yankees. To, like I told Paul, I was like, y'all should be undefeated right now with all the calls. Y'all not, y'all getting and not getting. Oh, that, said, was, that was, that was uh, ridiculous. It, it, it's obvious. It's obvious. They cheating for him, you know. And then another thing, Paul is delusional because he's trying to say now that, that, um, uh, Jordan Alvarez, uh, also known as uh, what you call him, uh, El Pedro Grande. El Pedro Grande is on on steroids. Oh. I said if anybody's on steroids, Judge is on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stanton's on steroids. Rizzo's on steroids. I was like, don't. The, I, I'm uh, delusional. All Yankee yes. fans are delusional. I, I, I'm with they, you. They're delusional. Th- I'm with you. Thanks for the call. All right, yes, sir. Have th- appreciate it. Thanks. Here's here's another thing that too many people get wrong. Too many people get this wrong. 
Look, you, I and I hear this all the time. Well, get a few hits with runners in scoring position. And it won't matter what the umpire calls. That is a bogus argument. It's accurate. It's true. But it's bogus. And here's why. With two outs and a runner at second and third or the bases low, runners in scoring position, your chances of getting a hit if you're a really good hitter are about 30%. That's a that's about a 30% proposition. Now, if you were a, a 218 hitter, that's less than a 30% proposition. So, yeah, it would be great if you got that hit. Yes. But even a really good hitter like Brantley, it's still about a he's got about a 30% chance of getting that hit to drive in that that insurance run. So that's a 30% proposition. Even with a runner on third in less than two outs, that's about a, I don't know what the league average is, probably 50-something percent. That's about a 50-50 proposition. Or about a, at worst, like a 40-60 proposition of getting that run home. Way, Way different. But, if I throw a two, a one-two or a two-two pitch right over the plate, that's got to be a ninety. You got to get that call right ninety-some percent of the time. You cannot compare an umpire missing a call on a two-strike pitch right over the plate to a guy not getting a base hit with two outs. That's not even. That's those two are not even in the same hemisphere in terms of reasons or blame for the outcome of something. You cannot compare a 90% call to a 30% proposition at bat. You cannot do that. People do that all the time. Umpires do that to make themselves feel good. And and, and people who buy this, well, you, it, the umpires don't decide the game. Players do. They do that to, to, to rationalize it in their mind. But it's just bogus. It's totally bogus. You cannot compare those two. And again, umpires are going to make mistakes. They're human just like all of us. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But when you make a mistake, you got to correct it. You can't make a mistake, blow this call really bad, and then blow this call really bad, and then the team that gets the beneficiary of those gets every borderline call the rest of the game, and the other team gets nothing. That's cheating. It's not the missed calls that are cheating. It's how you do the rest of the way around all the missed calls. That's what's cheating. Like, you know, cheating is um, uh, the whole game, I'm letting this team play physical. And then in the fourth quarter, that, that other team plays physical one time and you call a foul on them. Well, that's cheating. I mean, again, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the guy is conspiracy, you know. I'm not saying all that, but it's cheating. That team got cheated. It's unbelievable. So that that argument that I've heard for years is bogus. You cannot compare a pitch right over the middle of the plate for strike three to a guy not getting a single when, when, when he has hard, you know, the, overwhelmingly his chances of getting that hit are not there. This ain't. Free, this ain't Rick Barry at the free throw line, cat. This ain't a 90-some percent proposition getting a hit in baseball. It's hard. And I understand that umpiring is hard. 
So we got to fix this. And I, I really think the, the biggest step, and I know for an umpire it would sound like the craziest thing ever, but so is having a robo-umpire. That's the craziest thing ever to me. Umpires that umpire well. Behind the plate, put them behind the plate. If you're not good at it, go, go to second base. Or go umpire in the stands and center field. Unbelievable. All right. Take a timeout. Try to calm down. Shift gears. Talk to Danny Broussard about his great trip to Illinois. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros on this awful, frustrating, ridiculous John Lipka day. We'll try to calm down from all that by, uh, dis- by interviewing a man who loves all officials of any kind. And all, and the art of officiating, Mr. Danny Broussard. How are you, sir? <laughs> That's pretty funny, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That is pretty funny. So, so explain. So, we have do we have a bad? I, I, I missed it. Did we have a bad call last night? Please? Well, it it just the ball, the home plate umpire was just not fair. I mean, he just. Oh, I got you. Yeah, he yeah. just was not fair. His strike zone kind of oh, got a smaller was, as the game went, got, game went along in, in certain innings. Yeah, yeah, he just oh, poor <laughs> Framber. He would strike guys out. He wouldn't call. He never got a borderline call. And they got they bring in some reliever who's all over the place, and and he throws a three one pitch that wasn't even close to the plate, and he gives him a strike on it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I hear you, Kevin. I yeah, it can be a frustrating thing, officials. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. So first of all, let's set the stage. Tell us exact. I don't know the exact titles or what. What the uh, yeah. you and Coach Hightower, obviously two of the best coaches in the history of the state in their respective sports, were honored uh, and nominated for a major national award. Y'all went to well, you went to Chicago and then to yeah. into Iowa. So yeah. tell us about all that. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, so you know when when Eric Hale from the LSSA office told me about the award, uh, he just kind of briefly told me and, and then and then hung up the phone. I asked myself, I said, "Well, he didn't exactly say where's this going to be." You know, I'm thinking maybe Vegas or New York City. And so a couple of days later, he called it back and said, "Okay, look, here's the deal. It's in Altoona, Iowa." I'm like, what? Where is that? So, I, so I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, well, what happens, Kevin, is every year 
states bid on who wants to host this national convention, right? And so, uh, interestingly enough, Louisiana is only I was only hosted one time, 1987, uh, and I was and I, that's the only time I've ever been to the national convention. I actually went because it was in Louisiana, it was in New Orleans, so I attended that time. So uh, anyway, long story short, it happened to be in Iowa. The, the Iowa caucus won the thing, and they they had had it in Des Moines a few times, but they I guess probably Altoona's a, a you know casino town. I guess they they said, hey, we'll we'll help you out with some rooms and stuff, whatever. And so uh, so it was in Altoona. So I started thinking to myself, well, let's see if I can do something about this and maybe make it a, a little interesting trip. And so Chicago was, uh, you know, driving distance was like four and a half hours. I'm like, ah, right, that's manageable. So we decided, hey, let's go to Chicago for a few days uh, since I've never been there and then, you know, enjoy experience from Chicago and then we'll, we'll drive to Altoona. So that's what we did. Uh, Kevin, I was lucky enough, we, we planned it all along and, you know, uh, my, my brother Ricky, you know, I learned all my basketball from him and, and uh, you know, so. Uh, we, he, him and his wife, unfortunately, passed away. But when we when we planned this trip, she was, you know, still planning on coming. So, uh, and then my other brother Brent, who you know, the the best handwriting in America. Yes, my brother Brent, yeah, who coached in Northern Maine baseball, won a state championship. He, him and his wife came with us. He that, and so, uh, and so, Kevin, it was, it was uh, another interesting thing was that I I kind of had regretted about saying, well, why didn't well, I should have just brought my, my my kids with me, you know, because it's a once in a lifetime experience. And I regret. I told my wife the week before. I said, man. We should have just bit the bullet and got the kids airline tickets and and let them come with us to you know to, to, to for them to be there, and I was regretting that. And Kevin, wouldn't you know, I showed up at the airport. My two daughters behind me and my wife's back. They went with Ricky. They found out they had everything we had planned to go to. They wound up getting tickets for it. They got an airline ticket at the last minute and made the trip. They surprised me at the airport. And I tell you the truth, that really made. That 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 was my trophy right there when they came. That was just uh, it was it was awesome to see my kids do that, you know. So um, so our trip started out like that. We went into Chicago, Kevin. We did all the Chicago things you can do, you know. We uh, it was very interesting. It's an interesting city, and uh, we took this architecture boat tour, which everybody told us to take, and uh, it was fascinating to see the history of Chicago, the buildings, how uh, thought process went into you know building of the buildings, and it, it was it was just really a really really neat trip. Uh, you know, uh, if, if Facebook is an amazing thing sometimes, you know, and so I posted and said, hey, I'm going. Give me some recommendations. So, Kevin, we ate we ate at the finest restaurants because, you know, people said, hey, you got to go to this place. You got to go to this place. And so that's what we did. And uh, I'm telling you, we ate at probably four of the best restaurants in Chicago. So, uh Needless to say, uh, we, we didn't lose any weight on this trip, I can tell you that. And one thing that just following you a little bit on Facebook, like and it, it never fails, like you always run into famous people, you. How do you do that? <laughs> so that somebody asked that, yeah, RP3 asked me that yesterday. I think, Kevin, I, I, it's, it is the craziest thing that we do. But I told somebody, I said, you know what? I think that we, when people go on trips and stuff, they, they're always there, but they don't, they don't recognize them. And I'm one of those guys that, Kevin, with faces. So Kevin, I'm like you. You with numbers. You like you can tell me La Mouton. What was La Mouton's number in basketball? Twenty-one. Twenty. <laughs> so you see how amazing that is. He played in 1987. If you remember his number, but I'm like that with faces. And Kevin, we're sitting at this RP RPM Italian. I think it was called. And again, it was one of the recommendations that they had told us. It was an awesome restaurant. And this guy walks in, and I told him right away. I said. I know that guy. I said, he played for the Bulls. I, I know it. And so, Kevin, I go, I go and I look at the Bulls. 
I look at this, you know, at Google today, I go, and I look and I see who the guys played. And when it said Charles, oh, I said, that's Charles Oakley. So, so, yeah. So he sat there and he was with an acquaintance uh, of his. He, he was there a little bit later. He sat down. And so uh, I waited, you know, I'm not sure he didn't have any food. And so I just went to us and I just basically said, uh, excuse me, but uh, I, I, I apologize about interrupting. Uh, are you Charles Oakley? And he goes, yeah, I am. So I introduced myself. And so he, when he asked me, what am I doing there? You know, I told him, I said, well, I'm in Chicago, but I'm really going to. So he goes, oh, he goes, well, that, that deserves a picture. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. I said, so I called my, daughter, called my daughter over, and I told him, I said, look, my brother was a college basketball coach. I'd like to get him, too. He said, yeah, bring him in. So, man, he was, like, really gracious, Kevin. He spoke to us for about 10 minutes. He's got a new book coming out, um, The Enforcer or something like something in those terms. So, uh, so I told him, oh, yeah, well, well, I'll have to get his book, Kevin, because he was so nice to us. But, yeah, it's just so weird that I just happened to – and where I go, it looks like I run into some damn celebrity. And you know me, I'm not scared to go talk to him. So, And also, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, in Vermillion Parish, once upon a time, a guy named Russell Minnick was a celebrity. Tell me about that meeting. Okay, so this is – now, this is even wilder, okay? So, so uh, again, unfortunately, Ricky's wife passed away. So we had an extra ticket to the baseball game, right? So, again, you know me, I'm not going to just suck a ticket. So I said, well, I'm going to sell that sucker. So I get out there and I put my finger up. Well, you know, these street guys, you know how they are. That's what they do for a living, yeah. right? They come. So, Ke- yeah, Kevin, I think Ricky, we bought the ticket. It was like 100. It was like, it was a third base. It was a great seat. So I think he bought it for like, I don't know, 150 bucks or 140 bucks, whatever. All right. So you know how it is. They're scalpers. They ain't, they're, not, they're not budging. So I, got, I finally got this. I said, come on, man. He said, it's a single ticket. I got a hard time to set it. I said, yeah, I know you do. But I said, y'all good at that? Even a sell? I said, so, look, the most we could get for him was, was 40 bucks on his ticket. So I'm like, well, 40 is better than zero. Yeah. So we took, the, we, took, we, took, we took the 40 bucks. I gave it to Ricky. Here's your 40. That's all I could get for you. Sorry. Give him the 40 bucks. They go sit down. This gentleman comes, and uh, my daughter Paige is at the end of the row. So here comes in a gentleman. He sits by him. And, you know, Paige is kind of like me. She'll talk to him. She goes, where are you from? And listen, he goes, Dallas. So she goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, where are y'all from? And she goes, uh, a town called Lafayette, Louisiana. So then Russell goes, what? Lafayette? He said, well, I'm from Abbeville. Because you know how it is. Some people <laughs> don't want to stay a little time. Like, yeah. they're not going to who the hell Abbeville. So yeah. he, and he works, for, he works for the Cowboys. So he said, Dallas. So she said, Abbeville. He said, Abbeville. She goes, well, my mom's from Abbeville. So she, he goes, well, who, well who's, who's your parents? When she said, Danny, and he looks, look, that's my brother. And he, he knew Ricky, you know. Yeah. He goes, well, I'll be dang. So how crazy is that? Unbelievable. That a random anybody could buy a ticket. It's Russell. Man. Oh, hey, Kevin, by the way, guess how much Guess how much he got the ticket for? How much? Uh, 150. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made 100 bucks off of us. <laughs> they ain't crazy. They know. They know. They know what they're doing, those cats. They know what they're doing. So, yeah, so, so Russell, many sits with the family the whole time. And now, I happen to be. I didn't even sit with them because uh, I don't know if you remember a kid. We had a kid named Andrew Ricard that played for us, and Miss Brian works in Chicago, and uh, he was able to give me two suite tickets. So Dean and I were able to sit in a suite, which Man. was pretty cool too. Yeah. All right, let's do this. I have one, a couple more questions I need to ask you, but let's take a time out. We'll come back and we'll yeah, sure. ha- ha- sure. talk to you a little bit on the other side of this uh, of this time out. We'll do that. And okay. I, 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 I'm glad you did this, Danny, because I needed to calm down a little bit. So we'll uh, <laughs> okay, yeah yeah we'll, we'll take yeah, a time no, out and, and come back come back <laughs> with one or two more questions for Coach Danny Broussard on the game. 
Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All righty, welcome back to footnotes. Want to remind you, if you have not joined the game clubhouse what are you waiting for? You could win a $50 gift certificate to Half Cheryl Oyster House or a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. It's free and it's easy. All you have to do is go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the game clubhouse today. All right. Speaking with Danny Broussard about his trip to Chicago and Iowa and um, at a national coaches convention. So tell me, coach, what were the messages or the themes? Like, what were the kind of things that a lot of coaches that you talked to were there that, that were important that, that, that coaches were really t- talking about and, and discussing? Uh, I, you, you know my stance on this. <laughs> but, but I can tell you, it's just a matter of time. Uh, I, I was kind of amazed at how many states uh, that are using the shot clock. It, it, it's, it's coming. It's, they're all, it's, it's all an experimental basis right now. Obviously, you know, it hasn't been man, mandated by the National Federation. But, uh, the, as a matter of fact, the whole state, the state of Iowa, is, is, this is, they're going to start using it this year. Um, and other states have been using it. Um, I couldn't believe this. And I forgot what state he was from, the guy that was the guest speaker. They be, he said they've been, they've been using the shot clock for 10 years. I think that, I, that blew my mind. I'm like, wait, what? He said, yes, yeah, 10 years ago we did it on an experimental basis. And we liked it. We just kept it. So, um, so, but I was using it for the first time, and it's just a matter of time before uh, before the national federation is gonna is gonna is gonna tell all states. And what they'll do is they'll say, okay, we'll do experimental for all states for one year, and then you know, and then they'll just they'll just keep it. So, uh, uh, it, it's coming to that. And look, man, I, I know both sides of the story. I, you know, we talked about that before a long time. You and I, I get it. I get it. The fans want to see fast paced action, but Kevin, at the same time, you know. Uh, I, 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 the kids that I get sometimes, you know, let's just face that. Sometimes you're playing against a team that's way, way more talented than you. And, you know, to me, you, you, the strategy of the game, is to me, it takes a little bit of the strategy. Because now you're forcing more shot attempts. And to me, a more talented team, if you, if you, if you, yeah, they got it, they a shot clock and you got to take a shot every 35 seconds or so, then that's an advantage to the team that's more athletic and, and better than you are. So, you know, you're taking away the idea of, hey, let's have some long possessions. Let's let's shorten the game up a little bit, which on the shot clock you can't do that. So, you know, hey, I'll have to adjust my coach when it comes to that, but we'll see. But I got no, I know I got a couple more years where I don't have to worry about that. But that kind of was a topic of discussion, as well as you know, social media. I went to a clinic on social media. You know how it is in this day and age with kids on Twitter and all that. So, th- those were kind of the two buzz topics uh, that were discussed in, in this particular uh, session. All right, Danny. Well, I was kind of following you on Facebook, so I wanted to uh, get you on, and and, and it's unbelievable the uh, the magnet that you are for great photos and and, and great moments. So I just wanted to uh, to talk to you about that. I appreciate it. Plus, again, it worked out that after on John Lipka Day that you got to calm me down a little bit. So my heart probably needed it. You see, you see, 
see how the good Lord works. He works yeah. in strange ways, and there you, <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Kevin, you know, I know. Uh, I just want to comment. You know, Jim Hightower's. Uh, we 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 tried to ask him, Kevin, but but none of them none of them could really say one way or the other. They said, "Man, I don't ever remember a time." But I'm not saying it's never happened before. But they think it's one of the few. It's obviously one of the few times ever that two coaches from the same high school. We're national, we're finals for national coach of the year. So, you know, uh, it's been a privilege to work with Jim Hightower. You know, him and I have had some great careers here. We've had some great athletes. And so, uh, just want to give a shout out to, 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 to Jim, who's uh, a little less vocal than I am and uh, more humble than I am. And uh, so, I just want to give a shout out to him. Kevin, Kevin, he got beat by a guy who was coaching for 57 years. He was in his 57th year of coaching. Uh, God, I can't remember what state he was from. Uh, he won like he won like eight state championships. I got beat by a guy who won eleven state championships. So the competition was stiff. I, I, I can so, imagine. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, we at yeah. the top, Danny. Thank you very much. Uh, all, all right, Kevin. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Danny Broussard. Always a, a pleasure to talk to. We'll take a time out after hour number one. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, game two of the Astros' four-game series at Yankee Stadium can be heard right here tonight. 6-10 first pitch on the game, 103-7 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles. Uh, very concerned. I mean, the, I think the, the, the pitching matchups favor the Astros last night on John Lipka night at Yankee Stadium. And they favor the Astros tonight. Do not favor the Astros Saturday or Sunday. And so this is how a good team gets swept in a four-game series, which I'm very concerned about. Uh, you, you clearly outplayed a team in the first game and you get cheated. And then you figure there's going to be one or two games where... You're going to get out clearly outplayed. And then there's going to be one or two games where both teams play pretty well and you just happen to lose, you know, whatever, 5-4, 7-6, whatever, 4-3, whatever. You lose a close game and it's basically back and forth. Either team could, you know, know, pretty even game and one team just wins. So you, you, you outplay a team clearly and you get cheated. And then, so you lose that game. And then, if you play one or two games on the on those other two categories, and they don't go, and you don't, and you lose one or two 50-50 games, and you get clearly outplayed once or twice, and you get swept. It's unbelievable. That's why it's just so important. Like I always say, you just you gotta avoid getting swept. But it's not as easy as it sounds. This is baseball. This ain't John Curtis versus Mamu. Just just unbelievable. All right. There are other things going on in the world on John Lipka Day. It's not all about John Lipka. And 
nationally, he kind of gets on my nerves, but what's his name from NBC? Mike Florio. He put out something that is not a shock to any of us, but basic, and it wasn't just Florio, but uh, basically what they're suggesting slash insinuating is that Las Vegas, which might be my new nickname for him, uh, Z28, Alvin Kamara, is going to receive at least a six-game suspension, and they believe his suspension is going to come down before Deshaun Watson's suspension. Uh, I, I don't, I don't even want to get into all the comparisons with, you know, getting in a fight in an elevator, and and you know, and Deshaun Watson. I mean, I don't even know how you compare those two. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, if you want to discuss it, we certainly can discuss it. But I I don't even know right now in the mental state I'm in. I can go too far down that road right now. But. Where I am is, I've been saying for over a year now, got to address the running back situation. All these people talk about quarterback and all these other issues. They've got to address the running back situation. It's got to be addressed. They have got to address it. They have got to get a guy who's capable of being the leading rusher in victories. Not just the leading rusher like Jimmy Rogers was in 1980. I'm talking about, I'm not saying you're not going to get anybody as good as 41. I'm not expecting that. But you got to get a real legitimate NFL running back who's been a leading rusher on a team before, who knows what to do. Who knows how to, on third and one, get hit in the backfield and get a yard and a half. You got, they got to get a running back who's done the job before. Abram Smith has got to be insurance. He cannot be that guy. Even if he is that guy, he cannot be that guy. You cannot go into the season thinking, well, we're just going to count on this undrafted free agent, and he's going to bring us home. Even if he does, if he does, then great. I'm all for it. But you can't count on that. They have got to address the running back situation. They've got to. Now, again, I'm not mad about not getting David Johnson or not getting whoever, all the different running backs that have come in. I really thought they were going to get Daryl Williams. So I was a little upset they didn't get Daryl Williams. But, you know, I'm like, you know, it happens. It's an unusual situation. But they have got to address the running back situation. Got to. Congratulations to the Pelicans. Like I've said many times, not a Pelican fan, but I wish them well. And I, I really thought from the little bit that I know and read up on some of the players that were – maybe in their range of drafting, that was the guy they needed to get because he played defense and he can do different things. He can be a good complimentary player, supposedly. I mean, eventually. 
Uh, and so congratulations. I, I seem like the Pelicans continue to do smart things. And it's nice when, you know, the team that you kind of hope does well or, or you're a big fan of continues to do smart things. That, that, that's a good trend. Even on John, especially, I should say, on John Lipka Day. Especially on John Lipka Day. What an awful day that is. Awful. Awful. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Glorious morning, Foot. Glorious morning. Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> you know, if Kamara would have had John Lipka in, the, um, in that elevator, with him, I'm pretty sure he just kept him out of trouble. <laughs> it was, I'm just saying, you should have had him with him. Look, but let's talk turkey. Now, check it. Let me ask you a question. If a person hit a borderline foul ball, not a home run, but a borderline foul ball, you think the ump should give him the home run or the foul? Well, that's reviewable, so that's gonna theoretically that's gonna get taken care of. That 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 that's revo- reviewable. But balls and strikes are not reviewable, so you are the dictator in that point, and it's up to your it's up to you to make sure that it's fair on both teams. And it was not last night. We we watched that game. It was that, not fair. Those pitchers, it was not in the plate. It was not over the plate, but that was ball. Fact is fact. You can't sit up what, there and say, what well, pitches was a ball? Give it to you. Give, oh, give it to are you, you trying know, to say got, he didn't strike out Rizzo on like that eighth or ninth pitch that was right over the plate with two strikes? That was, was a clear cut plate. strike. Oh, come on. That, that's ball, not, well, then we're not even going to discuss now, it then. Now, then you got to look at you left out the bottom of the ninth when the umps cheated for y'all, whenever that man clearly was safe. The dirt was in the way, but they clearly said, man, safe. You seen it, but what did they call? I, I, well, again, that's that that whole indisputable muted. evidence thing. All teams have gotten robbed on that. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, it's, I thought I thought he was probably safe. I agree with you, but again, the whole indisputable call thing, it, the whole indisputable call thing. That that's you know, it is what it is. Maybe, maybe the ump had dirt in his eye. Who knows what? Happened, well, I think they know? wanted to not. I think that was just to ease their conscience a little bit because it, it, the, it, the the balls and strikes was so one sided that they I, they had to I, kind of do something. I don't think no one cheat. I think it was a fair call again. Oh, no. That last thing. I think they they no. did the right job. No. Now look, but I want to say something and just put it this way because I know this little Martin gonna call. Look, Jeter is gonna stay with us. This, I'm not Jeter, I mean Judge. This is how this is going to go. He brings us a championship, we're going to give him his money. Right now, we're not offering him more than the Mets because we're making sure, man, bring us a championship. It's like the Lakers. Bring us a championship. And, and hey, look, we'll pay you the bag, you know, because he's been there for quite some time and he has not done nothing, stay injured, you know. So this is his best year. So, okay, we need him to prove it to us by bringing us a chip. It's chips or bust. Now, so far as us running out of gas, let me say this. The Yankees, no matter how much gas go high, the Yankees have enough money to buy all the gas. It, so it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with running out of gas. It's about the Piper. We are the Piper foot, no, and y'all not no, going to see another championship no. after y'all. You, you, us, you, y'all you, you, you ain't you, you, you're not the Piper. In fact, if you keep this up, I'm gonna start calling you the Mariners. That's gonna be your new nickname, the <laughs> no, New York Mariners. No, you can't do that. No, that, the New York Mariners. They, they, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a big picture of Lou Pinella in, in the dugout. 
you that's what we're going to do. We're going to put so a big just, picture of Lou Pinella. That's that was just great. That's that was just great. I'm going to start calling Aaron, I'm gonna start calling Aaron Boone Lou Pinella. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> look, we got a few more games to go, you know. Oh, I'm Hey, worried. look, I, 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 I was mad when they took Presley out of the game because I thought he was doing a wonderful job. Thanks to him. Well, that's why we got them runs and they got on base. Thanks to him. I think he – hey, don't take him out the rotation. Keep him in the well, game. I, I don't. I don't. Yet, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. He he's got to get something figured out because he, he he's been really bad this year. Is on some big pappy. Oh, You're on the big if. pappy on yeah, the juice. As if. As if. All right. Have a good one. All right. I'm having a glorious Yankee. Day. I know you're gonna go enjoy Yankees. John Libka Day. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. As if. All right. Have a good one. All right. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. How are you doing, sir? This is a good Friday. Oh, not not having a good day, sir. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah, I'm pivoting on you. That's all right. I hope we can talk a little football. Okay. Um, just thinking what you – two things. Uh, I'm actually heading, uh, unfortunately, to, to good old teammate Brad McGuire's funeral for tomorrow. I wanted to know what what, what are your memories of Brad McGuire was. And, uh, and, then we, and then a Saints question. Well, Brad McGuire was kind of like, you know, kind of like Tim Tebow. I mean, obviously he wasn't playing at the level, but, I mean, tough physical, yes. Yeah, he was, uh, he was one of the better teammates. He'd do anything in any position. And, you know, you just think about this transport portal these days. And, you know, Brad came in his senior year, new coaching staff, and they ended up starting a, a junior half. He didn't waver, didn't complain, did his part, and was a, uh, a major part of, of turning the tide at the uh, at, at the Cajun. Uh, Hello? Part of that first New Orleans ball. Right. Uh, as we lay him, lay him to rest tomorrow, he was, he was one of the good ones and uh, a true definition of a Cajun. I'll never forget that Arkansas State game in 2008 where he led a comeback. At Cajun Field, down fourteen. So, just wanted to, uh, you know, the good thing is, get to see a lot of old teammates. But uh, it's always going to be a tough time. But to the Saints, what do you think we're going to do at defensive tackle? You think we're going to try to get the Dominican Sue? And uh, what I'm hearing, maybe six games for AK-47. Yeah, I um, I mean, I, I don't think they'll get sued, but, I mean, uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago. I guess it's possible. I, I wouldn't be against it. I, You know, it would, it would add to the whole, you know, Yuck-Saints rivalry, uh, so it would be kind of fun. I think the Saints are fine there. I I, I do. I, I, I think guys like Street and Johnson are a little better than most people realize and can help. And I'm not saying any of them are as good as Sue when, when he's playing at his best. But 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 Sue's a little on the old side and uh, it's already a rotational position. And I think they got enough for the rotation. I'm more worried about the running back situation. They have got to address that. Uh, they've just got to address that situation. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. That's what worries me. Well, have yes. a good weekend, Kevin, and go get your two wins this weekend. All right. I appreciate it. Good hearing from you as always. <sighs> They're trying to give me trying – to, trying to sober me up. Probably, probably good. The problem with it being John Lipka Day – there's a lot of problems with it. But one problem with John Lipka Day is um, – we're supposed to be finishing out our week's Major League Baseball – 
Oh, I, if we don't, we may not get it today with all it because of John Lipka. And if we don't, we'll just do it Monday. It's not a big deal. There's no rules. It's our show. It's our rules. So I mean, we just do what we want. But um, I wanted to finish it out today, but we'll see. If not, if we don't get it to it today, I'll uh, we'll 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 or if we only get to some of it today, we'll uh, kind of finish it out uh, Monday, which is fine. For now, we'll take a timeout, come back, see how much progress we can make on that. You know, it's a day of agony and frustration. We might as well bring up heartbreaking losses and just do it all at the same time and just kind of just, you know, listen to depressing music all day and sit in front of a TV with fuzz on and or dark and just... Turn on all the lights and oh, just awful. Hope I never to experience another John Lipka day anytime soon. John Lip Lipka day. What a bozo. We'll be back on the game. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. If you would like to get in on this miserable John Lipka day, certainly feel free to do so and um we might might try to get at least the Astros top 10 for heartbreaking losses in today and maybe we can you know maybe we can do it all we'll see how 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 it goes as we try to finish out this week might as well I'm thinking now might as well get all our misery in on one day and maybe Monday's gonna be bad of course if the rest of this series goes like I fear then Monday's gonna be pretty miserable too Man, I would love to for John Lipka to be the third play, third base umpire and me be in the front row so I could have a conversation with him for nine innings today, tonight's game. That would be fun. Therapeutic. Make me feel better. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. But I didn't want to call in again. But, man, now that I've in it and, and I'm feeling better, Gotta give you some positive, some positive thoughts, man. Monday, it's not gonna be another John Limka day. It's gonna be a Josh Fields day, buddy. Cause we, despite all the obstacles against the Astros, despite the ump cheating for the for the Yankees, like we all know they do, and it's obvious. Uh, I think the Astros gonna win the next three games, hopefully. Uh, 
I don't believe that's going to happen. And, and we cannot keep counting on El Pedro Grande. I mean, the tear he's on right now, and that was another thing that was so frustrating about yesterday. He hits a, he hits a shot in the gap that it nails the wall, probably put a dent in it, and the ball bounces right to judge, and he only gets a single. The next guy gets a single that would have got an insurance run. It was just – it was just – the whole game was just so frustrating. And, of course, John Lipka – Made it worse, but a, but a, a wise man once told me. But it's still early in the season. We ain't even at the All Star break. You know, I mean, we got a lot of baseball left to uh, to play. And since um, I love horse racing. Okay, I, I didn't tell you that, but I love horse racing. I'm gonna compare the Yankees to horse racing. You know why that why that is? Front runners because they 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 so far ahead in the lead, and then whether it be the Astros or you know the Red Sox. They're gonna be the uh, the rich tribe. They're gonna come back from behind, and they're gonna they they they're gonna win the World Series. Cause the Yankees ain't winning no World Series. The only way they win the World Series is the Ohms keep cheating for them. That's the only way, man. And it's obvious, cause like I said, Aaron Judge is gonna get hurt. Nobody wants to believe me. He's gonna get hurt, and they 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 they. they they're not going to be the hottest team going into the playoffs. I mean, I like the fact that he's playing center field, but uh, I can't believe he's going to keep playing center field all year long. I don't. I don't that that no. would be hard for me. And I, 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 I really don't think the man's going to be there next season. I think somebody's going to offer him more money. And uh, and and I mean, this whatever run that the Yankees on is just going to be smoke and mirrors, and uh, and they're going to fall flat on their face, man. But hey. Keep up, keep, like I always say, positive thoughts. Keep that blood pressure down. Keep Take your blood pressure medicine foot. Let this last 30 minutes of footnotes be a glorious footnote. And you have yourself a blessed and happy weekend, foot. Uh, all righty. I appreciate the call. The problem is I'm most yes, of the – thank you. Most of the, the issues that I discuss in the first two segments of the show, these are long. This isn't a one-weekend thing. This isn't a one-game thing. These are the few kind of like discussing the future and uh, of umpiring in Major League Baseball. Like this is a long term. These are long term issues. Like we're fixing to have robo umps. So if I was an umpire, I would rather make one of the changes that I did than to have you know. Think I mean, it's gonna it's gonna have it's gonna have to be an awful feeling. For the guy who's the quote unquote home plate umpire one day, real soon when these robo balls and strikes start to happen, like they think it'd be humiliating or demeaning to 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 where you're a second base umpire, or you're a first base umpire, or you're a third base umpire, which is I'm convinced that's what they should do. I think that's the next step we should take. Let's get the guys who are best at whatever position they're in, put them there and leave them there. Rather than the rather than going all the way to the robo, but I don't know if their egos and their union power and all that junk's gonna let any of the logical stuff happen. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing today? Oh, not having a good one, sir. Well, uh, I come. I gotta come to your rescue. Angel Hernandez is the worst behind-the-plate umpire there has ever been. Man cannot see. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's bad, but they got a lot of them that aren't good. For sure. Yeah, but they have a lot that are bad, but not as bad as him. 
I mean, he's burnt every team in the league. Oh, I'm sure he has. Yes, sir. So, but I just wanted to add that because he can't he can't even call college ball to me. Well, high school ball would be even bad. So, Kevin, have a great weekend. All right, I'm gonna try. You thank, you, thank you, sir. Okay, bye bye. Oh, just, just hope not to get swept. Just don't want to get swept. All right, I'm trying to um, nail down my top ten all-time heartbreaking Astro losses, and it's uh, it's uh, it's not easy. Not easy. Um, obviously, there are many, many, many. frustrating losses that the Astros have had. And again, when it comes to baseball, it tends to just be a postseason thing, which is kind of a shame because there are many regular season losses that are were really, really bad as well and really, really heartbreaking as well. But it's just so hard to narrow down a couple regular season games. But here's what I think I'm going to go with. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, it's um it is uh again losses hard comparing one heartbreaking loss to another can can be very difficult to do. And, you know, they all kind of run together at some point. But I'm going to Let's see. I'm going to start. I'm going to go 10 to 1. Number 10, just because it's Game 7 of the World Series, I'll do the 2019 Game 7 loss to the Nationals, where they just had a uh, grinky pitch great, and they just could not get a hit, and they pulled Grinky, which was a huge mistake, and everything just kind of fell apart. So I'm going to say, just because it's Game 7 of the World Series, and Grinky pitched great, and they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and they lost it, I'll put that as number 10. Number 9, I'm going to put 2005 World Series. And it, it's kind of take your pick. You know, the Astros got swept, but every all four games were like as close as games could be going down to the wire kind of thing. But because one of them was in 14 innings, I guess I'll put that one. So I'll say number nine, game three, seven to five loss in 14 innings. And, you know, I love Jeff Blum. But I will always hold that again. Jeff Blum hit a big home run in that game. Jeff Blum, Astros TV color guy, hit a big home run against the Astros in that game. But uh, I'll say number nine is um, seven to five loss in 14 innings in game three of the World Series in 2005. Number seven, this is a game that a lot of people have forgotten about. It was the Astros of this current run, kind of the beginning of their return to postseason play. They're playing the Royals. They're up two games to one in this best-of-five series. 
And they're up. I think it was 6-2 to two after a huge home run by Carlos Correa. And the bullpen completely imploded. And they lost 9-6 to six to the Royals. They would have won the series. They were up 9. I really thought they were going to win the series after the home run by Correa. And, they blow, and the bullpen completely implodes. And they lose to the Royals 9-6. to six, And the Royals go on to win the World Series. The Royals also had a 5-4 to four win in that series in, uh, in game one, which was in game two with the Astros already up game one to nothing, which was very frustrating. Could have been on this list as well. Number six, I think most pe- most Astro fans don't they don't remember they don't forget about the game, but they don't put it that high. But in the moment, it was completely crushing because Roy Oswald got it done the game after. But but game five of the of the two thousand five NLCS when they looked like the Astros were going to the World Series for the first time and they were showing all the Astro history stuff and then Pujols hits that monster home run. Uh, to 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 beat them and for and, and send it back to St. Louis. Now, thankfully, the Roy O they got it done, but uh, that still in the moment was as crushing, physically and mentally debilitating as you can get. That was just awful. That uh, five to four loss in Game Five of the two thousand five um, World Series. All right, so let's do this. That's half. We're halfway there. We'll do. I'll do the the, the top five. No, I missed one. I'll do the. Uh, uh, we'll do the top six because I missed one. We'll do the the top the six left when we come back. At least we'll get the Astros done today. When we come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 24th, 1947. Future Baseball Hall of Fame infielder Jackie Robinson steals home plate for the first of 19 times in his career as the Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 4-2. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you if you have not signed up for the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. What are you waiting for? It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. You might win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen, or a $150, oh, I'm sorry, or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. So get 
that done today. Put yourself plus when we have our next Astro Weekend getaway, and hopefully John Lipka won't be there. Um, the Astros, um, you, you you won't be eligible to win that either unless you join the Game Clubhouse. So sign up today. All right, trying to do my top ten, or you know, uh, if you disagree with any of these, certainly call. We can discuss it. Number six, night game three of the 1999 NLDS Astros Braves. Remember, at this point, the Astros had never won a playoff series. They should have won in 80, but they didn't. They should have won in 86, but they didn't. They didn't make the playoffs again until 19, uh, until 97, and they lost, and then 98, and they lost. And then in 99, they were tied 1-1 with the Braves. Game three in Houston. Astros had won 97 games that year. They had the bases loaded multiple times late and could have won the game. Could not get the ball at the infield. Walt Weiss makes this great catch, and I'm, I'm listening to the game. I've told this story before in the parking lot at Karen Crow High School. And then the Astros lose 5-3 to three in 12 innings after blowing numerous scoring opportunities. That would have put the game away. And, of course, they didn't win another game in the series, and the Braves went on. Awful loss. Just awful. Um, number five, I have a little higher than it probably should be just because I really believe that until, like, this last run, it was the best Astro team ever, 1998. They lost, I mean, it's kind of take your pick. I'll say the second one, game three. The Astros lost to the Padres 2-1 to one twice in that series. Twice, 2-1. to one. The Randy Johnson, Moises Illumin, that was, that was an incredible Astro team. Won, um, uh, they won 102 games that year. They lost twice, but I'll say number five, game three, two to one loss to the Padres. I was just to not win that series and go to the World Series that year is just completely demoralizing. Number four, 1981. This is one that's forgotten. Astros were up two games to nothing on the Dodgers in the first round of the National League playoffs. No, 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 no. I got that's the wrong one. Number four is nineteen eighty six. Game three of the NLCS. The Astros lose six to five in a game where if Fred Brocklander makes a strike call a la Lipke, Lipka. The Astros win the game. He blows the call. Ray Knight gets a sack fly to tie the game, and the Mets go on to win 6-5. to five. Then, in game five of that series, if Fred Brocklander, same umpire, Keith Hernandez later, many years later, said for years he sent Fred Brocklander a Christmas card, jokingly because he knew that they wouldn't have been to the World Series if Fred Brocklander hadn't cheated. Um, and Fred Brocklander blows the call, a call at first. 
the Astros would have won the game in extra innings if he didn't blow the call. Instead, they lose 2-1 to one in 12 in game five. Then that leads to game six where the Astros lead 3 to nothing going to the ninth, kind of like last night. The Mets rally for three and win the game 7-6 to six in 16 innings. Unbelievable. Unbelievable laws. The day Marty Fletcher was announced as the new basketball coach for the Raging Cages. Had to leave that game to go cover that press conference. Awful memory. I actually ended up liking Marty quite a, more than a lot of people, I, and, and we, we had a lot of good times together, but I didn't want to leave that game for nothing. That was number two, and I think most people have that number one. I'm going to say number one, 1980, just because of the newness of it. It's the first time the Astros were ever in the playoffs. They're up 5-2 to two in game five if they in the eighth inning. If they win the game, they go to the World Series. Very good chance of winning the World Series. They're up 5-2 to two in the eighth inning with the great Nolan Ryan on the hill, and he could not take the Astros home, and they lose 8-7 to seven in 10 innings in game five and turned away from the World Series and wouldn't make the World Series for another, what is that, 25 years. Or no, 35 years. No, 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. Awful. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey. Howdy, sir. Yeah, I heard you lamenting the Saints situation at running back. Yes. And now, I mean, I don't know if we had an opportunity to really talk about the uh, about the draft. But now when you look back... And you think, oh, did I need a guy who didn't even make all conference from Tennessee with the second round pick? Or could I have used one of the first top running backs in all of college football coming out as a spry new rookie with great hands, great running skills, and great everything because I know I'm going to lose the the running back I got for possibly half a season or close to it. And if anything, if anything ruins the New Orleans Saints' chances of winning that division and possibly going to the Super Bowl and winning it, it's going to be that one situation that you completely and utterly failed to address. Well, and I still think they why, can address it, but they got to. I didn't like, that, that's why I didn't like that draft. No, I, that's well, why I get it. I did not like the draft. Huh? I get it. I really think that the Saints drafted because they feel like they are pretty much a complete team, but I agree with the running back situation. Like, I... I, I've been trying. I've been crying about addressing that for about a year now. I mean, I, uh, Alvin, Alvin, Alvin Kamara goes out to six games. Are they a complete team? Well, no. Again, but again, I was complaining about not having running back depth before he ever went to Las Vegas. Here's the, here's the thing. You already know you got a guy with a with a with a high ankle sprain. Okay. 
or a, or a, 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 it has to have knee surgery. You just don't know how long he's going to be out. You already know you have an injury already this year at a position that you're already light in. I mean, let's face it. The Saints don't have the, the, the greatest running back core in the NFL. They might have the greatest defensive back core in the NFL. Why they had to draft a second-round pick who's a no-name from Tennessee for that position when you already have, you know, on paper, you already have one of the best defensive backfields in the NFL. Well, I think they drafted that guy because he's a great leader and they think he's going to be an elite special teams player and they're trying to dot I's and cross T's. I I really believe that. We're talking about the same. Let me ask you something. In your opinion, was Chris Banjo an elite special teams player? Uh, Close, but I don't know if he's as good as they think this guy's. Was Reggie Roby Roby a pretty good special teams player? Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, but those guys aren't there. Wait, wait, what about what? No, what about this guy? What's his name? Deontay Harris. Is he a fairly decent little special teams player? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but he's not did a gunner. He's not a did gunner you draft type him? guy. Did you draft any of them? You had them all up together. Did any of them cost you a second round pick? All three of them put together. No, no, no. So I don't even want to hear elite special teams. That you went out and drafted an elite special teams player in the second round, you find those guys. I, I think I, I think they That's wanted the do. guy. I think they wanted the guy on their team. They didn't have a third round pick, and so they picked him. I, look, I'm with you. I would have loved for them to pick a running back. I'm not disagreeing wait with wait you. Up, wait up. What was wrong with that running back from Georgia or the running back from Florida? Uh, or the running back from the from the, the, the little uh, North North Dakota State, South Dakota State, whichever one it was, the, the little Jackrabbits. What was wrong with one of them guys? Well, Not I don't there. know that there was anything. I mean, we don't know how, how they had him was, evaluated. I think, I think the kid from, from Michigan State was the only running back in the country taken at that time. You had an opportunity to go get an elite Top no, the guy, the guy from Iowa State was back. going to. They were both. What? They, they, the guy from Iowa State had already been picked too. I don't care about him. He, they, 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 he's he way better than the guy from Michigan State. I, okay. Bottom line is, I've seen him play. I don't, I don't really think nothing about him. But you had, you had Dalvin Cook's little brother from Georgia, who may be better than he is. Huge yard per carry average. Great hands, great speed, great size, great Look, he Again, well. I wanted he, he him to catch the ball good. I, I, I get Everything. it. I wanted him to pick one huh? too, but I wanted him to pick one too, but they didn't. So you got at some point you gotta just trust him. But it can still be addressed and they, they just gotta address it. They just have to. Personally, yeah, Kyle, will, I would that, rather have a veteran but, who's been there done that than than count on a What rookie. is the position? But what is the position you're addressing it from now? Weakness. Well, not necessarily. And that's why I'm not happy. All right, that's I understand. I no, I get, I, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I get it. Let, let me hey, take a break. I got to hey, take a break. Wait, real quick, real quick. I still pick them to go 12 and 5. Okay. Later. Okay. Well, a lot of things have to happen. Take a time out. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Listening to the game. 
1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game as we finish out today's miserable, frustrating John Lipka day on the Footnote show. Man, I hope he didn't enjoy his breakfast this morning. Hope he didn't even get breakfast. Hope they well, hopefully they he, they made it for him and they made it wrong. Awful, 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 awful. But we'll see what Verlander can do tonight. Look, my goal is to not get swept. Just don't get swept. Uh, I think it's a very real possibility. I, um, but you know, this is also a veteran team. They've they they're probably way better at me at dealing with agonizing, gut wrenching losses. So we'll see what they do. But um. Verlander has mostly pitched outstanding this year. He's had a couple really rocky outings. He's gotten lit twice, and one of those was recently. So we'll see what he does. It's going to be interesting um, to see what happens the rest of the way in this series. But, again, all I want, just give me at least one win. Just avoid, got to avoid getting swept. Yuli got a double last night. That's, that's something because, man, he's been bad. And Altuve looks unbelievable. Lipka just spoiled so much last night, man. That it's just awful. All right. Hopefully, I'm a little happier come Monday. We'll see. Y'all have a nice weekend.